Welcome to another mini episode of The Balance. My name is Catlin Tucker, and this podcast is produced by StudySync. Welcome to this mini episode of The Balance. This episode is focused on using video instruction to make more time for human connection in a classroom. So if I learned one thing in the 2021-2022 school year is that students need more human connection and stronger communities in their classrooms. They need opportunities to engage with each other and to engage with us, their teachers. So I believe the biggest barrier to human connection in a classroom is actually the amount of time teachers spend talking at the front of the room. So often we're there transferring information, explaining complex concepts, modeling strategies and skills, or even just orchestrating the parts of a whole group teacher-led lesson. And it doesn't leave a lot of time for students to engage in conversation, to practice and apply and collaborate together, to engage in creative problem solving, and it doesn't give teachers much time to sit alongside individual and groups of learners to support their progress as they work to understand complex concepts and master specific skills. So one strategy that can be extremely helpful in creating more time and space in a classroom is to identify those explanations or that instruction or the models that you present the same way to everyone. For any explanation that you're planning to say the same way to all students, I would encourage you to make a short video. That way you can have students in control of the pace that they move through those explanations and models. If they're watching a video, whether it's in class or at home, they can pause the video, they can rewind it, they can watch it half a dozen times if they need to. And that video will save teachers time and kind of lessen the burden of feeling like we have to be at the front of the room explaining everything. And often it's those foundational explanations that we do explain kind of the same way to everybody that students often need to hear again and again. Now, the explanations that are more complex that would really benefit from differentiation in small groups, those are the ones we want to pull into our teacher-led station in a station rotation. That way we can kind of customize and adapt our explanations, our word choice, the levels of supports and scaffolds, even the kind of level of academic rigor and complexity of the prompts and problems we focus on for the students who are sitting in front of us. When we differentiate instruction in small groups, we're likely to feel much more effective. We're going to see light bulbs go off. More students are going to be willing to ask questions because we're not in that more intimidating, anxiety-inducing whole group dynamic. I'll give you a concrete example of kind of the difference. As an English teacher at the high school level, I would explain how to write a thesis statement the same way for all students. I would talk about what a thesis statement was, where it went in the introduction paragraph, and how to structure a thesis statement so that students were including all the necessary parts. So that was an easy explanation for me to record and present in a video because it allowed students to watch that explanation as many times as they needed over the course of the school year. And I didn't have to lose precious class minutes re-explaining the same concept over and over again. And yet, Every year of my teaching career, I felt like I explained what a thesis statement was like 50 times over the course of the year. Making a video 
took a little time, but it paid dividends because students could access that repeat instruction whenever they needed it. Now, when I was coaching students on how to analyze a quote in their writing, that was a totally different story. It was much more helpful for me to have them in small groups where I could customize my explanation and my models for the students in front of me. So for my students who are ready for more rigorous instruction, I would pull more challenging quotes and I wouldn't break them down in my models quite as much. Whereas when students who were maybe not as strong of writers came through my teacher-led station and they needed more supports and scaffolds, we might tackle more accessible quotes that weren't quite as challenging and walk through the process together. So having them in small groups allowed me to differentiate that instruction and the models so that I could be much more successful at helping students to develop that particular skill. So I would encourage you to kind of take a few moments and brainstorm some of those explanations that you know you're going to have to present for students, but they're the explanations and the models you would kind of say the same way and make a list. That's where you'd wanna start in creating your video instruction. Now, teachers always wanna know like what is the best amount of time for a video in terms of length? And there is a study to suggest that maybe six minutes is the sweet spot for video length, but I take that study with a grain of salt just because even though it did collect engagement data around students engaging with videos, um, and it did identify a video length as the biggest factor impacting engagement, the data was pulled from students enrolled in massive online open source courses. So those MOOCs that generally adult learners who are kind of opting in take online. So as K-12 teachers, I often will encourage teachers that I'm coaching to kind of follow this rule of thumb, one minute of video content per year in school. So when I'm coaching an elementary teacher, say a third grade teacher, we strive for a three or four minute video because the student has been in school, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, and third grade. When I'm working with a ninth grade teacher, we strive for a nine or 10 minute video. Obviously, if we can keep it shorter, we always do, but that's kind of a nice rule of thumb for the maximum length of a video. And it's worked really well across grade levels in my experience coaching teachers. Now, that means when we make videos, we have to be really purposeful. What is the focus? What is the strategy, the skill, the specific topic we're going to cover in the video? Because it's always going to be better to make a couple short videos than one longer video. I found this out the hard way. I remember recording a video on how to write an argumentative paragraph, and I went through the structure of an argumentative paragraph for my ninth and 10th graders. My video was 15 minutes, so I broke my rule of thumb. And then what I realized as I was going into student essays is some students struggled with claims, others struggled to pull strong textual evidence and cite it appropriately. Others really struggled with the analysis and explanation. And I remember going through and giving feedback and thinking, man, I wish I had created a video for each part of this paragraph, the claim, the data, the, uh, you know, the analysis, like that would have been much more helpful so that as I was giving feedback, if a student was struggling with one specific part of the essay, I could just include the link to the video on that part, ask them to revisit the video and revise instead of directing them to a 15 minute video, which they might not watch again. So it's really important to think about how you might lean on video instruction and models to create 
more space for small group and individual interactions, more space for the human connection among students and between you and your students, and start with those explanations that you would say the same way to all students, those videos will pay dividends over the course of the school year. And then remember to keep your videos focused and try to keep them as short as possible so we can keep student engagement with those videos really high. And I hope you guys are all transitioning into a wonderful school year. And if you want some support with the Flip Classroom, I have a mini course, I have blogs. I will link to those in the show notes for anybody who wants to spend more time with this model, creating their video instruction. Thank you to StudySync for producing and sponsoring this podcast. StudySync is committed to helping teachers find balance in their lives by providing them with a robust multimedia ELA platform that simplifies lesson planning, automatically differentiates tasks for learners at different skill levels and with different language proficiencies, and blends online and offline engagement to help students develop as thinkers, readers, writers, and speakers. StudySync's most recently released product, Sync Blast, expands the company's scope to include an engaging supplemental digital inquiry solution for social studies and science classrooms. Visit studysync.com for more information or follow the link in the show notes. <laughs>